0: Welcome back to another week on Unlucky Hunters Matter. This week we're going to be talking about success. So let's not waste any more time and dive into this topic. Like always, thank you so much for listening to Unlucky Hunters Matter. We all like the feeling of being successful, right? Like when you finally get that pay raise or promotion that you've been feeling like you've been deserving for a while. Or you land that one job that you have really been wanting and waiting anxiously for that call or email saying that you got the job and then you finally get it. Or maybe getting that date with that special someone that you have been wanting to ask out for a while and you finally get the courage to ask them and they say yes. Well, that's about what it feels like to be successful and harvest an animal that we are out hunting. Now success can be measured in multiple different ways, As for me, I measure It in a few ways. First I measure my success by the animals that I am seeing while I'm out hunting. If I'm out in their habitat that the species that I am hunting lives and I'm able to spot them and watch them and see how they behave, then I measure that as I am being successful because I am there amongst them and them not knowing that I am there. That would be like having a stranger that you didn't know was in your house while you were there with them. If we as hunters can achieve this accomplishment of hunting, then I see that as winning. The second form of being successful is being out hunting and of course killing or harvesting an animal that you're out hunting because now you just haven't accomplished a pretty big feat. It's hard enough to see the animal, let alone not spook it and have enough time to determine the range and get the shot off. Especially when you are hunting state land, because these deer are under more pressure compared to hunting private land. Well, that's, of course, if you get that piece of property that the landowner says yes to hunting for everyone. But most generally, private land deer tend to have less pressure. However, that doesn't mean that those private land deer are stupid. They are still at the bottom of the food chain and still get hunted by every predator out there, just like state land deer do. The third form is being able to harvest multiple deer in a given hunting season or over the course of hunting seasons. For instance, getting two deer during the archery season or killing a deer during the archery season and then another deer during the gun season. Now you can use any number of deer and any number of different hunting seasons. My point to all of this is that you are able to go out and harvest multiple deer because killing one deer can be tough enough of a challenge but then to do it again is a pretty big accomplishment. Because once again these deer are getting more and more pressure the longer the season goes on. Thus making it more of a challenge to get close enough or having those deer stick around long enough to make an ethical shot before they spook. The last form of success that I measure is being out hunting and targeting that one deer. Most generally as hunting this goes with a target buck. You will let any deer walk and that you are willing to eat tag soup for the chance to harvest this one deer and this one deer only. Once you do this, there is no feeling like anything else. You watch it all the time. Any major hunting show, these hunters will hold off for that one deer or they are only allowed to harvest this one deer. But once they get that kill, their emotions become unglued, which is completely understandable. There's a lot of patience and a lot of discipline that goes along with that being able to hold off for that one deer. So why do I bother to bring up the different variants of success you might be wondering? That's because I believe that these days or not even these days but for the longest time the only way to measure success of hunting is if you killed a buck. Even for some hunters out there that's not even good enough. Those bucks have to be a contender for the Pope and Young record book in order to be considered successful. You see or hear about it all the time, about hunters talking about total deer weight or total inches of antler. I can understand the feeling of being successful and achieving such a harvest, but then bragging about it? I think it just makes other hunters, to include myself, to not want to post their harvest because they don't come close to what the bar might be set to because of these hunters who are bragging about their deer. Or maybe the fear of being ridiculed because our deer doesn't match up to their standards of what an ideal deer should be. This is where my love-hate relationship comes in with social media. I am so happy that these hunters are gaining their deer and that they are posting up on these various hunting groups but when they post their kill of a very nice buck and then they include the overall score of the deer's antlers but then they want to crap on someone else's post about how they killed two does within the same day. I don't understand how someone can have the nerve to kill someone else like that. They harvested two deer in one day. I dream of the day that I can kill two does in a single day. My point in this is this, why do hunters feel like their success is more important than another's? The real answer is, it doesn't. End of story. Your success is just that, it's yours. Don't let anyone try to take that from you, especially when you're out talking about hunting. We are the apex predator trying to kill one of the most sought out species there is. Everything is trying to kill the same deer that we are. So if you are able to go out into their natural habitat and harvest one of them, then you are doing great. Even if it's a doe or a fawn that just lost its spots or a young buck. You are just as successful as someone who kills a Pope and young buck in my eyes. Even more so if you killed a deer at close range with a bow because let me tell you it's not easy my friend. We had success here at Unlucky Hunters Matter on Wednesday morning. We harvested a state land mature doe. My plan for that morning was to go out and go in as light as possible and that's what I did. I had my crossbow, my binoculars, my rangefinder. And that was it. Everything else was back of the truck, to include my camera. The spot I went was the spot I had gone opening morning about two weeks prior, where I had seen that doe and those fawns. So, I left the truck right at legal hunting light and started to make my way in, slowly creeping through. I was what we call still hunting, which is you take a few steps, you wait and you pause, you wait and pause. And by doing this you will tend to sound more like a deer, twice a hunter moving through the woods. And this morning it happened to work out. I'd move when the wind would move, which would mask my scent, even though it wasn't much of a breeze, but it was enough to cover the noise I had made walking. And then as soon as I got into the woods itself where this particular hill has three sets of benches. Now benches where you have a downward slope and then it levels out and then you have another downward slope and it levels out. So I was on the first bench, this acorn flat with a lot of white oaks in there and I could hear movement. But I, first when I heard it, I thought it was a squirrel, since the squirrels have been really active with the acorns dropping, but then I listened more closely and it didn't sound like a squirrel anymore. It sounded like something bigger, but it was down the hill farther there from me. So I went walked, started making my way closer to the edge of this of this bench I was on, where I could see down on the next bench. And lo and behold, there were deer down there. And what caught my eye at first was these two bucks that were sparring at the moment, which was what I was hearing from the very get-go when I came into the part of the woods. But then I could see other deer moving. There was fawns running around, does running. Does were eating. There's about six deer total, I think. Two confirmed bucks. I think there was a third one, just kind of hanging out, trying to join in the action. But the one buck I had my eye on was this big eight point that I have had on camera lately. But the pictures I have of him was only at night. So to be able to see this buck during the day, my heart instantly started racing. And my focus at that time was to harvest this buck. So he started making his way to my left, and now the wind was blowing perfect for the direction that we were going and the direction that they were going they were headed into the wind except for occasionally this buck would head away from everybody else to my left so my my concern at the moment at that time was that he'd circle back around because the direction of these deer were headed was they were headed up towards this ridge that I was on and I was worried that this buck was going to circle back behind me and catch my wind so I started to move with him and in doing that, it opened my sight and I could see more more deer and there's this doe that was a lot closer than the rest of these deer. The, the the herd itself was about 70 yards but this deer was about 30 moving up diagonal towards my my bench that I was on. So, I instantly stopped where I was, crouched down and had my crossbow in the ready position with my forward elbow on my knee for support ready to go but this deer didn't show up in the exact spot that I thought she was farther to the right so I had to move just a hair to get on on target on her and then by doing that I think she caught my movement because she instantly snapped her head over and was focused on my direction. Now if you have watched plenty of deer, especially does, you'll understand the posture they get before they start stomping and snorting and scaring all the deer off. Like I said before, I really wanted to harvest at eight point, but the good Lord provided this doe in front of me and she looked like she was about ready to, to bust me. So I quickly ranged her and I wasn't getting a good range. It wasn't even registering, so by the rangefinder I'm using is the Vortex Ranger 1000 it's a little older so it's minimum detection range is about 10 yards with that information I assumed she was inside 10 yards Behindsight, I think she was probably close to 20 and I was just getting a false reading off of vegetation or something anyway quickly range it Wasn't getting anything. Assumed inside 10. So I used my 20-yard crosshair and lined it up on her, and I pulled the trigger. And instantly heard a whack. She dropped, but when it hit, she made this weird bellow, crying noise. It's watching her, and the shot felt good. It looked good, but she's down. So instantly I knew I hit her in the back, but I had a pass-through. And when it passed through, it came down and came through the top of her shoulder on the far side, but I had to put another arrow on her to help her die in her suffering. The things that led to my success was having a plan. I, I had a good plan. It was a cold morning. I didn't have any pictures yet of deer moving, so I knew those deer had to be in there somewhere. What else helped my success was being persistent. Continuing to go out in the morning, even though I was not really wanting to. I couldn't see the point in getting up early and driving an hour to where I'm hunting at. But it was a cold morning, one of the coldest mornings we've had yet this season. I knew those deer would be up and moving. Being persistent helps, being determined helps as well. It gives you drive, it gives you that motivation to get out there and be persistent. And patience. Patience, I think, leading up to this has helped me. Being patient, moving through the woods, not rushing things, not rushing the shot, not trying to force something on the deer as they were moving, just being patient and watching them, seeing what they were doing, and moving with them. Being patient in the past, watching deer, see how they act, see how they move, has led me to the ability, I think, to this though, to be able to read her body language. Because I knew if I waited too much longer, when I had my shot opportunity, she was going to spook the rest of the deer, including those bucks I was after. And that's what I was really trying to avoid. I didn't want her to spook those deer and educate them. At least by shooting her, they would assume something happened to her, but not that it was me as a hunter or as a human was out there with them. And I think that increases your chance if, if you wait for the deer to spook you we start educating them i'm just really trying to avoid that being that like i said in the past the only pictures i got of these deer are at night and I actually have them in the daylight now with my own eyes i saw them and then going in light i think that helped a lot doing the ground game playing the wind obviously playing the wind will always be in your favor It wasn't in my favor when I first left the truck. It was blowing in the completely wrong direction. But then I started heading out with the wind in my face and it shifted on me. Which ended up being a blessing because it was coming from the direction that I was really wanting to go from the very get-go. Another thing I think that helped me being successful was understanding what the deer were eating. And that was the acorns at the time. And still today they're transitioning more into the acorns as they start to drop more so knowing where the the best acorns was also helped to being where the deer were and then once she was down having a plan of going forward because once you pull that trigger that's when all the real work starts she was down i made the plan to take my crossbow And the stuff that I didn't need anymore, back to the truck. And then come back with the cart. And then, having the cart as my backup plan. I originally was just going to try to drag her up onto the bench that I had shot her from. And then use the cart the rest of the way. But I tried that, it didn't work. She was too heavy, too much of a pain to try to drag up. So then I just brought the cart down to her loaded her up and it was a 100 times easier if you don't have a cart highly recommend you get one it makes your life so much easier and then having that plan having a plan of going forward and by doing that it will help make that daunting task of getting your deer out so my plan for getting her out was I was going to drag her 10-20 yards take a break continue on until we got out of the woods also I had a buddy that was coming out, and he came out, dropped everything he was doing to come out and help me. But I was still working to get her out on his way to meet me. My plan for that was, and what helped and what I actually did, was I took my jacket off because I didn't need it more. I was working, getting hot. So I'd go take my jacket about 20 yards up the path that I was wanting to go, based off the fallen trees and whatnot, you know how the woods are, and I'd set it down next to a tree. And that would be my goal. I'm gonna drag her to that spot I had picked out. And once I got to that spot, I let her go. But let her go, I mean, I put the cart down. Make sure she wasn't rolling off farther back. And then I'd take a break. Catch my breath, let my heart rate slow down. And then, once that happened, then I'd move my jacket once again about 20 yards up to another tree and I just kept doing this whole process and yeah it took me about an hour to get her out out of the woods and then once my buddy got there it wasn't that bad but up until that point it took about an hour so understanding that it is going to take a process and it is going to be time consuming but the hardest part is done though you have killed your deer the rest is essentially easy it's just time consuming and hard work but you have nothing but time now so take your time don't push yourself don't kill yourself no matter how much of good shape you think you're in just don't overdo it if you're not in good shape this is definitely a huge tip just take your time you don't want to have a heart attack on that hill or out in the woods So just take your time, have a plan. The reason why I bring this whole story up along with the the lines of success is, yes, I was after that buck when I saw him. But at the same time, I am just as happy that I shot that doe. She was a good, mature doe. She might have been even the doe I saw opening morning that had spooked with her fawns. But I am proud to harvest that doe. It was it was a lot of work to get to that point to harvest her. A lot of time I spent out in the woods. And at that given moment, I would have worked just as hard if I shot that buck or I shot that doe. So don't ever feel like you aren't being successful as someone that's shooting bucks if you shoot a doe. Because shooting a mature doe it's just as hard as shooting a mature buck. Those bucks learned to be the way they are from someone, so obviously their mom, i.e., a doe, taught them to be stealthy and to be sneaky and to be on full alert at all times. Now, another tip I have is once you have your deer, have a place for it to go. My is an old fridge I have set up here. I took most of the drawers out. I have two racks in there, which is for my shoulders, and my back strap to go. The hind quarters just kind of sit at the bottom and are able to drain the blood out and the, for the meat to cure at a consistent temperature. I never had this before, so having the, this this year has been a huge stress reliever, especially right now. I don't have to worry about my meat spoiling or trying to rig something up or trying to find a butcher or a cooler that I have to pay for for someone else to cool my meat while I have the meat cure. If you don't have something like that set up, I highly recommend that you go find an old fridge and just rig it up to be a meat cooler for you if you process your own meat. It's a a nice peace of mind knowing you have something already set up and ready to go. But anyways, getting off topic a little bit here, just wanted to give you a little pro tip, if you will. But, just feeling really, really proud for myself for the hard work and the reward I got in harvesting the state land mature doe and the success I've had leading up to this deer and the success I have had with harvesting this, this doe. I hope that by sharing with you what my thoughts and my beliefs of how I measure my own success as a hunter here on Unlucky Hunters Matter really helps you to determine on how you measure your own success as a hunter and not listen to what the rest of the world thinks everyone else's success should measure too. Thank you once again for tuning in to another week here on Unlucky Hunters Matter. Please follow us on Instagram and feel free to leave us comments. Until next week, stay safe. Good luck, shoot straight, and have fun. Thanks for listening to Unlucky Hunters Matter.